With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddockblues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to the Paddock Blues Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by Melinda. How are you? Okay. Hello. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How are you, Paul? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. And Andy, how's it going, mate? You all right? Yeah, all good. Thanks, buddy. How are you keeping? Yeah, yeah, fine. Me too. It's not so bad in the world of Everton at the moment, is it? But, uh, you know, a bit quiet, innit? That's what we want, innit? Just a little bit of quiet. That's all we want in the world of Everton at the moment. Too. You've just jinxed us, haven't you, mate? I, know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, don't say the Q word. Yeah. Don't. It's like me at work, too. If you ever say the Q word, it just like doom is going to yeah. like, is around the yeah. corner. <laughs> Yeah, it'll probably come out now that we've been docked 15 points <laughs> Yeah, instead of 12. But, uh, yeah, I just want to go over a few things. Just uh, want to start with last weekend. Obviously, we haven't been on since the draw with Brighton. Um, I just want to get your initial thoughts. I don't really want to go into the game too much because a few days have passed since then. But, Melinda, what were your thoughts on the game overall? Would you say it was a point gained or would you say it was two points dropped considering how... They are a good side, Andy Brighton. Let's be honest, they're a good side. So, are, are you were you disappointed or are you are you okay with it? Um. Well, I mean, like at the end of the day, it's a, a point's a point. It's better than a loss, isn't it? But um, considering that we kind of held our own right until you know until Brighton scored, really. Um. What was it? The seventieth something minute they scored. I'm sorry, I didn't watch the game, so I um. It's like eighty. It's like eighty-two minutes, I think. Yeah. yeah it's, okay. Eightieth like minute, something like that. Um, is a bit frustrating. Like, you know, as someone who's, I mean, you know, I can't exactly comment too deep because I didn't, you know, yeah. watch his play. But my initial thought was that's two points dropped. Like, why, why have we just dropped the ball literally? Like, right, well, yeah. we shouldn't have, like, right in that. We could, we could have, we really could have used those three points. But um, just kind of like chatting with people after the match and looking at what people have put on Twitter as well. Like, a lot of people did say, you know, it, it's 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 a good point. Like, you know, we take the point and we move on. But other people have well have argued that it is two points dropped. So, you know, I have been meaning to rewatch the match back and actually just see how we played. But a lot of people as well were commenting that Deitch should have made a sub sooner. Yeah. The players looking quite tired. That's one thing I did uh, read about. Um, but that's also a problem that we've seen in the past with, with Deitch, just not making subs and then obviously shit hits the fans so um I think three points would have been nice it would have been really really great for the team and the fans as well if we did get you know that win at home but a point at the end of the day is not the end of the world but yeah we move yeah I was gonna say um real life stuff like going to work is actually getting in the way of you watching Everton at the moment isn't it so <laughs> it's yeah uh... unfortunately I've I just seem to be the weekend queen at the moment. I just keep working back-to-back weekends, and it's a bit of a ball ache. Um, 
but yeah, you know, it, and then of course, now that I'm going to be off, it's the international break. Yeah. <laughs> I can't win. Often, um, but yeah, it's all right. I don't mind watching England anyway. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back to it soon. <laughs> back to a regular yeah. schedule soon. Yeah. Andy, I know you made the tip for the game, mate. Um, how was your day, first of all? I'll, I'll, how did the whole day go for you as a whole? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, whole it was great. A, whole day as a whole. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was in the pub having a Guinness breakfast at half ten. Um, got home at about half eight. Um, breakfast of champions, Andy. Breakfast of champions. <laughs> I, I had to have two just to make sure that I've got enough iron inside me. But yeah, it was <laughs> it was great. Like caught with my mate Richard and his little lad Theo, um, because he he gets so excited about going to the game. Like I mean, I'm buzzing as well, but. Like I love seeing that, like the enjoyment that you get. Like when you're a kid, it just reminds me of how excited you were. Like when you were going, you don't. When you're that age, you don't worry about all the politics. You don't worry about the owner of the club. You don't worry about how much debt we're in. Whether there's going to be a points deduction, you just go with that, just that raw emotion of excited to see your favourite players play. Um, so yeah, so the whole day was good, really. I, I mean, I've seen some criticisms of the Everton performance, particularly around like the possession. Um, but I, I thought our game plan was spot on. Brighton were always going to come and play one way. Um, you know, it's one of the few games where Jordan Pickford's not really had much to do, um, other than pick the ball out the back of the net from obviously from the wicked deflection it took when it hit Ashley Young. Um, I thought we created the better chances in the game, and whilst they did have a lot of the ball, I thought our shape and the way that we pressed, I thought was excellent. Um, but as Melinda touched upon, my my only criticism would be the players did look out on their feet, a few of them, after 60, 70 minutes, and we needed fresh legs then. Uh, Jack Harrison had a poor game. Um, I'm not going to slate him for it. At the end of the day, you know, he's, he's allowed to have a poor game, but he, he, he really did struggle to get into the game. His touch wasn't quite there. The passing wasn't quite there. His ability to hold on to the ball just seemed to elude in that game. So, you know, we should have made the change much early on, particularly with Jack as well, I feel. But overall, I think there was there was other good things to, to take from the performance, you know, building on, you know, a good, a reasonably good run of form for ourselves at the moment. Yeah. Well, I'll just stick with you then, mate, because obviously you were at the game like myself. Um, we got the team news through before. Well, yeah, about an hour before we found out Amadou Onana was not in the squad at all. He picked up a knock against Burnley on the Wednesday night. And we a little bit worried when you seen Garner Gay on the team sheet. I mean, we shouldn't be because I still think he's a good player and he's still got a lot to offer. But I thought he had a really good game, Garner Gay. I mean, I, I, yeah. I he's getting a lot. I mean, I've, I put something out on Twitter the other week and someone said he should never play forever, never again. And just Evertonians should just go completely over the top about <laughs> something. You know what I mean? It's just like, but I actually thought he'd done really well. And we did miss Onana. I, I, I do think we missed Onana. Onana's someone who can find that cut and pass. And I think there was gaps behind Brighton where we could have got him. Maybe if Onana was the one looking for the pass. But just a thought on Garnagage. I thought he played really well. Yeah, no, I thought he had an excellent game. Um, and I certainly wasn't worried when I saw him on the team sheet. I, I was just a bit gutted for Onana, really, because I think he's, he's for the first time in his Everton career, whilst he's had good performances, we're starting to see back-to-back-to-back good performances. He's, you know, he's, he's normally had, like, you know, a good game here a bit anonymous the next one, then a couple of good games and anonymous, but he's really starting to find a nice rhythm since the Bournemouth game. Oh, oh, uh, oh position. <laughs> Another Paul Belter there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I, I thought Dan again had a good game, but as you kind of alluded to there as well, um, we missed, uh, we did miss Anana, just his comfortability on the ball and 
it really does help you in transition because I don't think he gets anywhere near enough credit for his range of passing and his vision as well because I think that's something that he, he, he has really come to the fore the last few weeks. Uh, but I was delighted for Mikolenko. Um, I think as we've talked about on the pod the last couple of times we've been on, his form's just been getting better and better really since he's come back into the team. Uh, and to get a goal, I think it's something that he's deserved from his performances over the last few weeks. Um, just a shame... Like I say, I'm not disappointed with the point. Brighton can certainly say that they deserved the point. But I also think if we'd have... We, we had three or four chances in that second half where we hit them really well on the break. If we'd have made a bit, slightly better decision, we could have put the game to bed. Yeah, it, it's sort of like a strange twist of fate that Amadou Anana obviously failed a late fitness test. <coughs> but I think if anything, Melinda, it showed us just how much we actually he actually brings to this team now. Sorry that we actually really did miss him. I mean... You know, we could all say he's flattered to deceive in the past, but I mean, his performances in the last few weeks have been really good. So we, we did miss him, didn't we? So what did you make it when he when he wasn't playing? Were you were you gutted he wasn't playing? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like I think um, we've always sort of been rooting for Onana on this podcast. Um, I mean, even though we've kind of said from the beginning, like we just don't think really uh, people did see his fully poten- full potential at you know the beginning um when we first when he was sort of first playing with us and uh the team around him just didn't really quite catch up to him but they're getting there I think he was a big miss absolutely I think um when we played Brighton um it was one of I think we were in the group chat and I was like what happened like I kept asking you guys for bless you guys you guys are the best like when I'm like jumping from ward to ward and I'm like okay what's going on what's happening you guys always give me like the like a play by play so thank you to my uh my podcast uh crew for that but yeah it was a bit of a question mark I think on my head of why he wasn't there um but yeah you you, you can see I, I just think he he does bring a lot to that team and yeah of course no when he's not there it's a bit of a oh, crap you know what I mean like I've just seen as well today um uh, I think Dyatch must have must have done a press conference or something um yeah. and uh and I think he said that Amadou Anana is uh possibly he's hopeful he'll be uh, hopeful he'll be available but he'll be assessed tomorrow so that's still a bit of like a crap you know what I mean like so it would be great if he if he was but we proved that we can hold our own without him but I just think it's like a loss if he's not there definitely yeah I do think it's a case of we don't know what you've got until it's gone and I think that was the case last week for a lot of Everton you think the suddenly realised, well, I think we've got a good player in that, Andy, and we actually miss him when he doesn't play. I think he, he's a lot better on the ball than people give him credit for as well. He, he can spot a pass, you get what I mean? And I think that's that's all that was missing for me last week. I mean, James Garner and Adissa Garner worked really hard, but yeah. when he got the ball, he didn't do, do much with it, in my opinion. But anyway, that's it. Uh, last week, but someone I want to stick with, I'm going to stick with you, Melinda, because I'm going to have to put another... Paul Brown disclaimer out and apologise for giving a player <laughs> loads of shit in the past. And Don't you dare out. say. Ew, go on. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Don't come for my boy. How yeah, dare no. you? Natalie <laughs> Michalenko, I thought, you know, just this lad is never in a million years going to be Everton's left back for years to come. I think we were spoiled, though. I've been thinking about this in the week. I mean, been loads of videos come out this week of Leighton Baines and you just you, oh. you forgot how good he was. I mean, there's like an 18 minute video, I think, of his, his goals and assists. It's just like beautiful. And Michalenko's not even going to give you half of that, but to be fair to him, he's not that sort of player, is he? And then we went from Baines to Luca Dean, who, who himself was a really good player for Everton, I thought, in the main. Yep. So 
to go from them to attacking fullbacks to a purely defensive fullback would maybe for someone like me who's a bit stupid in the head, it just was a lot for me to take in. But he's he's playing really well, isn't he? He looks confident and he deserved his goal there. And you can see how much the team were made up when he scored his goal as well. Yeah, I d- I did watch his goal back, and um, yeah, you could just see it in, in the in the players they were absolutely made up for him. He's had a tough uh, a tough go the last couple of years, hasn't he? With everything going on, even with him back home and and things like that in the Ukraine. So I just I just think it's really his really dad, great. Is that his dad's actually been on the front line? That must be a lot for, for someone to have to deal with that. It's I I can't even imagine what what kind of like what that does to a person like mentally, yeah. you know, like it must be so horrible for the kids. So it's been really, really nice in a way seeing his journey. Like I know things were not the best initially. Um, and a lot of people, <clears throat> Paul Brown, <clears throat> did doubt uh, did doubt <laughs> his capabilities, but uh, everyone knows me. I always uh, root for the underdog. So yeah, I, I honestly still stick by what I said. I think then that art, when we played Arsenal, I know we didn't get the result we wanted, but he, him for me, he had a fantastic performance. And I think since that that point, he's had a complete turnaround. He's just worked really hard. You can see his work ethic on the pitch. Um, he's starting to sort of click with the players around him. I think he feels a lot of support now at Tarkovsky and Brentway as well with him in that back line. And uh, yeah, he deserved that 100%. It, it was a great goal as well. Yeah. It was. Um, Andy, I don't know whether you want to come in if you want to wax lyrical about Vitaly Mikhalenko. Um, he, he just looks at home now in that, that position, doesn't he? I mean, I always think the better the winger, the better he plays, if that makes sense. I mean, we'll soon find out tomorrow if he's... Oh, sorry, on Saturday if he's up against... Maybe if Eze is playing on that side. I, don't, I think Elise might be injured. But um, who, who, who plays wing for them? Is it Jordan Ayew? Might be Jordan Ayew. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd... I just thought it'd be Jordan Ayew on the right for them, but you never know with Wide here. He could uh, he can always yeah. throw out a curveball. Yeah, well, what's what's your thoughts on Mikalenko's recent form? Yeah, no, I, I talked about it quite a bit in the pod last week, like how how well he's done, and like I say, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, he's definitely going to be Everton's left back for the next six seven years, but you know you can't really question his form since since he's come back into the team. Um, I completely agree with what you just said as well. The well there, Paul. Like the, the better the opponent, the better he seems to step up. You know, I know obviously when you, you look at it on paper, Everton lost two 0 to Liverpool. Salah scores two goals, but he didn't really let Salah have a kick that game. You know, no. Salah scored a, a penalty and then a, a last minute tapping when we're chasing the game. Um, both times Saka's come to Goodison uh, this calendar year, he's completely taken him out of the game. Uh, I mean, he's no Alessandro Pistoni or Terry Phelan, but he's doing all right for us. So, yeah, long may it continue. I thought you were going to say Nuno Valente then. <laughs> I, I, I love oh, Nuno Valente, maybe. Oh, yeah, you're, you're putting him in the same category as them two. You can't do that. He's actually good, wasn't he? He's was all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, just to, want to touch on, well, three more players before we move on to other stuff. Uh, Melinda, you touched on it there. Tarkovsky and Brantley just look rock solid now, don't they? Absolutely oh, yeah. brilliant to pay that. That's a blossoming partnership. That I mean, I watch it when I'm sat in the, in the stadium, like you can just see they're constantly talking to each other. There's never a moment where they're not speaking, which is yeah. good for a young player. Someone like Tarkovsky must be absolutely made up to be nurturing this kid through games. It's good to see, isn't it? But we do look solid at the back now, don't we? Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like when we did not sign Connor Cody. I was devastated. Like I was actually like, what the hell have we done? This was like a really, really poor move by the club. 
Um, then obviously we did see Tarkovsky struggle quite a bit. And I think we all know why we won't, we won't bring it up again, but uh, we all know what I'm trying to get at. Unfortunately didn't work. Um, but now, yeah, I think he's completely made up, you know, he's, he's got this young kid beside him and I'm sure Brantwaite is made up too, to have someone with so much experience like Tarkovsky beside him as well. So I think it's a really good balance that we've got there at the back. Um, yeah. I think uh, they're just going to get stronger and stronger. Yeah. Andy, final player I want to touch on. Um, someone who I am just a massive fan of. I, I just can't take my eyes off him. As a, as a centre forward, I love seeing my number nine play, playing the way he's playing at the moment. He won absolutely ev- everything that came his way. He won every just... other. He looks... And as the co-president oh. of the Dominic Calvert-Lewin fan club. Go on, Say I, I love how you're going to Andy about this because you know I'm like the true president. <laughs> so you're like, um, yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna come to Andy on this one, like because you know that like Paul, let's get real. I'm the I'm the president. We can do you co-president. Know. You can say co-president all you want, but like let's get real. I'm the president you know of the Dominic Calvert fan club, but I am. Hence why you didn't come about. to me. We'll have a straight. All right, we'll yeah, I'll meet, I'll meet you outside in yeah. five. Yeah, we'll have a straight now after the pod. Don't oh my matter. god. Meet outside the Holy Trinity statue and I'll smash your head in. Anyway, back on to to Dominic Carver-Lewin. I thought he was just, he was a monster. Last Saturday, I just thought he won absolutely everything. He was just a nightmare, just an absolute handful. I can't say any more superlatives about him. He he, he looks fully back to me. I don't want to jinx him, which I probably have just done. But, um, yeah, just brilliant. Just uh, give us your thoughts on Carver-Lewin, mate. Yeah, no, I'll come to the co I'll come to the co president after that one. He's he's playing like number nine. He's playing exactly what we would expect from him. Um, I mean, to be fair to he, he kind of um, in the, you notice as the game went on, Brighton were trying to get the other centre half called Van Heck onto him because Van Heck he, at was least he was number twenty nine. Yeah, he had a pretty solid game, but Calvin yeah, he was on the ball. I, I was him. saying to me, Dad, it was like. Jesus, every time I look up, this this lad's on the ball, the number 29. I think he must have touched the ball more than anyone. Yeah, I thought he was quite impressive. But, I mean, Lewis Dunk was absolutely petrified of him. Like, you know, couldn't get near him. Just every time, everything he tried to do, he lost. Calvert-Lewin just absolutely bossed him. Um, and funnily enough, Lewis Dunk's in the England squad today and Dominic Calvert-Lewin is going to be getting a, a nice, much-needed rest with his new baby over the uh, over the international break. So um, he should be in the England squad, but I'm, you know, I'm happy he's not. I'm happy that just just keep on letting him rest his body right. But I think, you know, we talked uh, on our pre-season pods, you know, trust Dice to, to manage him, trust Dice to let him... Get get his body absolutely right. Bring in some competition, so there's not all this pressure in the world to have to rush him back into the team. And Everton have done all that, and for the first time in probably ever since we bought him, they've looked after the lad in the right way. And now we're we're getting to see the rewards. Um, so obviously you um, you weren't on last uh, last week, unfortunately, Paul. But what have you thought of Calvert Lewin before last week in terms of seeing seeing his form since he's come back into the side? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I just think he's getting better and better each week. I think he's starting to trust his body a lot more now as well. You could see when he's going off for headers and he's you when he was going through that time, you could see he he was a bit wary of jumping so high and going in for tackles and he's actually getting the ball now and trying to take players on as well. I don't know if you've noticed that as well. He's actually running up. I've never seen him do that before. He's actually getting his head up and run, his head down and running straight at defenders. Now he's he's starting to add new elements to his game. 
So it's really good to see, and you've got to give Sean Dyche a lot of credit for it. It's a, I'm not blowing my own trumpet, and Melinda's the same. I have always seen a player in him. I just, I, I've never understood the criticism he, he's got from Evertonians. He's still getting it now as well, by the way. I, I heard <laughs> someone saying, "Oh, because he's running around a lot, everyone thinks he's great." I mean, what, what do people want? You know what I mean? It's just. I didn't watch his goal against West Ham. I mean, that is just that is a world class centre forward goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just and what when I'm making notes for these podcasts and I'm thinking, oh, we're talking about sometimes we're talking about the same thing over and over again. But I don't think we should apologise, should we, Melinda, as the co-president of the Dominic Calvert-Lewin fan club? That we need to give this lad a lot of praise because he's gone through hell, hasn't he, the last eighteen months, two years. Yeah, yeah. And like, just one other thing as well, it's kind of popped into my head is like, we all know how severe like his injury was, obviously. Yeah. And um, I mean, we only found out that like his partner was pregnant, like when sh- she was like, very like, towards the end of her pregnancy, right? So for all we know, he could be sitting there thinking, well, like you just mentioned, Paul earlier, he's starting to trust his body more. And what makes me think, before that made him a bit spooked and not wanting to push himself and hurt himself even further is he has a baby on the way like what if he can't walk like you know like what he you know he can't be there for his for his child and things like that so you have to kind of think about all these things as well he is he's you know Everton center for he's ever he's our number nine 100 but he's also a human being at the end of the day he's yeah. got a life outside of this you know what I mean so he's probably just thinking about his, his life as a whole and you know I've had a really really bad injury at the age that I am and I don't obviously want to make that even more severe so it's probably mentally like we've always said it it's affected him a lot more mentally than than I think we we realize um but yeah absolutely like Andy always says credit to Deitch on how he did manage this he seems like a very patient man in in situations like that we've always said absolutely Paul there's a player there and I'm just really glad that um you know, in a way, Deitch came in when he did and stuck by him and stuck by the plan because now we get to see the benefits of like prime Calvert Lewin. I think he will just end up end up having a great season for us. Fingers crossed. I don't want to jinx it, but um, I just think he will improve on himself one hundred percent. And your, your French prince, your French prince scored his first goal in about seven years as well at the weekend. Melinda. Oh my god! Special mention, Neil Mope. Hey boo, love you, miss you all the time. Um, yes, stay where you are. Thanks, boo. <laughs> Don't want you back. <laughs> oh, bless him though. I made up for him. Like, yeah, he just he does he does his best. Okay, he likes to go against West Ham, like doesn't he? <laughs> Love that for him. The thing is, whenever I've watched highlights of Brentford this season, he's he's been quite solitary was at Everton. Like, he's getting in real good positions, and you know, he's either not quite taking it, but then when he does do the right thing, keepers are pulling off worldies, which they did a few times against him. To be fair, um, so yeah, like. I know he's had a bit of a pop at Everton this week, but, you know, at the end of the day, mate, no one's going to pick you or make you a first-choice player when you've got a record of one goal in 35 games. Yeah. But I've also <laughs> nothing against him. So, you know, yeah. hopefully... get. You know, it's good for us if he scores goals because, you know, hopefully it just means that we get a stronger feed for him or if we don't end up getting uh, getting rid of him, it means that we get a confident player coming back next season. Yeah, I haven't yeah. got, got nothing against him apart from he's absolutely fucking crap. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll we'll save that for another time. I mean, he's moaning about not being appreciated. I mean, yeah, I know. If, it if, wasn't if you sat if you sat where I was, then you wouldn't appreciate you either. Oh no, man, I no. I appreciated him. I appreciated him when he fucked off back to Brentford. So you know, yeah. he's he just twisting it. That's all. Yeah, I'm not gonna cry for a millionaire. No chance. 
Right. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> but yeah, so and just to sum up, as the president of the Dominic Cameron thing, as the president, as the president, just sitting here chilling, the president. Uh, yes, love you, Cameron Lewin, support you always since the start. Um, and I just really hope he just keeps he just keeps fighting. And I think I hope you know I really hope he just keeps improving on himself. And you're right, like he just he's so much more confident week in and week out. It, he, I, I think he will just continue to to improve. Yeah, I think if he carries on, please God, no injuries. I think he don't he even say that. it, Paul. He, 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 he's assuming for that Euros. I, I think he's the best English centre forward behind Harry Kane, me personally. There'll be loads of people arguing, saying it's Callum Wilson and Ollie Watkins. Ollie and Watkins he's, better than, yeah. he's better than them for me. Like, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Oh, in his yeah. prime, one hundred percent, he is absolutely. Like, I know yeah. everyone's going to go. Well, you know, look at his, look at his injury record and look how much you know games he's he's played in the last couple of years okay what's the point like okay yeah so he wasn't fit he wasn't fit like you know but if you look he's at him his... calvin phillips though isn't he calvin phillips plays about three minutes a season <laughs> yeah i know i've seen that a lot on twitter like what in yeah. the world um yeah we could do a whole podcast on literally like the psychoanalysis of like gareth southgate's uh picks we literally yeah. could do that because I could go on for 15 days on like how he picks his squad. But anyway, that's not my job. That's his. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I, I agree with you. Completely agree with you on that, Paul. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, co-president. Thanks for agreeing oh with me. Oh my God, pack it in, will you? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously a big talking point this week after Saturday is the possession stats. Now, a lot of people's heads have completely fell off over it because Everton only had 20% possession and Brighton had, obviously, 80 Now, you've got to remember what type of team Brighton are. I said I said to my dad and my brother before we went, I said, don't expect us to have a lot of the ball here. Um, mm. that, that they're, based, they're, they're brilliant, aren't they? Keeping the ball and trying to find little pockets and they're trying to work it out, aren't they? And I think that was important. But Everton got an early goal. I think you've got to get in there early against Brighton, punch them in the face early and then... I think they will still, that's where they'll lose games for me, Brighton. But we're not here to talk about Brighton. What what's your opinion? Are you bothered if Everton haven't got the ball for long periods of the game, Andy? I me I couldn't give a shit to be honest, mate. I my only concern is what we do when we have possession of the ball yeah, and our intent with it. And I thought our intent was good on Saturday. I thought I thought we tried to you you know I think um, I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later on the Sean Dice interview that he's done with Andy Gray, but there is a difference between being long ball and being direct, and it's not the case of just launching it forward trying to win a second ball. Which, in my opinion, when I was highly critical of Dice earlier in the season, that's all we did against Arsenal. It's being direct, just moving the ball forward quickly with a purpose, with a belief, and I thought we did that against Brighton. So, I I don't possession stats how many times you pass it around the back it's never interested me never will interest me what worries me or what not worries me or what I want to see is your intent your belief and what you do with the ball when you're going forward and you know got bear in mind we're playing against the highly confident extremely good Brighton side probably nailed on to finish top six this season and we limited them to you know what Jordan Pickford's had less to do in that game than he'll have to do in 90% of the games he'll play this season and we've created two or three excellent opportunities on top of the one we've taken. So, no, no issue with it at all for me, mate. Yeah, I thought he should have saved the Jordan Pickford. That was a bit of a debate on our group chat last week. Um, 
I don't think he was out of position. I don't think he was wrong-footed. I thought it went exactly where he was. But listen, he, he's pulled Everton out of shit over the last two years. He's, he's allowed one or two mistakes. And a lot of people are saying it wasn't a mistake. Maybe just for me, I just thought he should have saved it. But going back to the possession stats, Melinda, as I said, Brighton have had the ball for long periods of time there and Evertonians are losing their heads over it. But they've only had two shots on target and one of them was a deflected goal that went in. So, and on the other hand, Everton had a few chances. We could have been easily three or four up. A few penalty shots as well, by the way, which... Oh, yeah, two were, stone wallers for me. But... Yeah, for where penalties. But are you... Uh, I'll come to ask your opinion. Are you bothered how much Everton do or do not have the ball? It Does it bother you? Are we at that stage where it's starting to bother you or are you just happy to just get results no matter what? Um. Well, I mean... You know, I I do love a good stat. Like everyone knows, I like to whip a good stat out every once in a while. But it almost this almost brings you back to like the like the quality versus quantity. So it's like okay, if you've got eighty percent possession, okay, but what are you doing with that eighty percent? Are you just dicking around and passing a ball in a circle or in a triangle between? You know what I mean? Are you actually getting anywhere? It's difficult to say because I didn't watch the match. I don't really know. But the fact that they only had what two shots on target. Clearly they weren't. Was it just two? Yeah, they had the free they... kick that the other free kick which Pickford tipped over the bar, and then they had that shot from Otomo which deflected off Ashley Young and went in. So I mean, yeah, you can say all day they had the most possession, but what, what were they doing with it? Clearly nothing. Because if that's all they got from the match, then that's all they got from the match. But if we're able to, you know, even just you said Paul, it, you know, it, we could have had multiple chances there. Wasn't there like a possible penalty? Was it on McNeil? There was two. There was one on McNeil and there was one on Calvert Loon second half. Yeah, I saw the one on McNeil and I, I thought it was literally like the play before they went up the other end and had the deflected shot as well. Ridiculous, ridiculous. So, ridiculous. That, I'm but... fed up of talking about how shit referees are, to be honest. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. But I think the only time where it would get to me is if, obviously, we're playing like shit, and and then you can use a stat to back that up. So you can go, okay, obviously, like we were not playing well. The stats obviously show they had the most possession, and they were. It was doing Arsenal things. home, wasn't it? Arsenal home yeah. was like that, wasn't it? Yeah, a perfect example. Like, thank you, Paul. Yeah, perfect example. So in this case, no, doesn't doesn't really affect me because we still were able to get by with a point. That that deflection obviously was not great. It's funny though that you brought up Pickford because I don't think he was in the wrong, and you do because I was looking at that, yeah. and I don't think he expected it to deflect and then go wide to like the other side of the net. I think he was expecting him to kick it. So I, for me, he was in the right position. He didn't. No, he was in the right position. He was in the right position. That's why yeah. I'm saying I, I can't understand how he never saved it because. He stood exactly where the wall went. I don't understand why. Yeah, but, 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 this but is going to be a safety straightener outside the Holy Trinity later. <laughs> but the fact that it kind of bounced off of, of Young and then went yeah, it did, a, a it direction didn't take he, the ball he didn't away. expect it to go. It That's didn't take what... the ball. The ball. It didn't take the flight of the ball away from him, though. He didn't have to go. He didn't have to correct himself. He was stood exactly where he was supposed to be stood in my opinion I'm, I'm not he, a goalkeeper how is he supposed to get from that side of the net all the way to the other side of the net in in, in 0.1 seconds well, he was already like there how? though he was there he was he wasn't he was, he was on be. the opposite side of the net he wasn't he really he wasn't was. oh my god Paul <laughs> I can't win with you anyway I don't think he did anything wrong in that situation but that's anyway, fair enough it's, it's all it's all about a like healthy debate I thought yeah, you should it have is. saved it 
Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, no. So yeah, I agree with Andy on this one. I have no problems with the possession stats. I, you know, considering what I gathered from the match, we we did play very well. Um, yeah, I have no concerns with it. What about you, Paul? You not, Does it bother um, you? You know, it doesn't bother me. No, I'm not. I can remember the Roberto Martinez days of John Stones and Jagielka passing it between themselves for a good half hour and not going anywhere. And that's a, that's shout. exactly what, yeah. that's my point. Like like if you're just to me a passing stat means nothing if it's just mindless mind numbing passing pass 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 and you're not advancing at the pitch you're actually maybe even backtracking you're not getting anywhere with it. There's nothing that's going to be created from this. Then it's not a big deal. I do right? think going forward it's probably gonna it's going to have to improve though. I do. Agreed. I mean, yeah. 80, 80 20 is, is a bit much, but I wasn't bothered at all last week. But I do think moving forward, and I think Sean yeah, Dyche will, will, will probably want to do that himself. He won't want to go into every game and have just 20% possession. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, yeah, not sustainable. It's, it's, it's not sustainable moving forward that as a club. Definitely not. But it's not in every week that we're, we're getting that. It's no. against certain opponents. And like I say, I think it's good that we can be tactically flexible and play different ways you know we knew how Brighton were going to play I thought we set up a good play, game plan for him obviously if you try if you know um, you play that way against Luton then and you, you're only getting 20% of the ball it's a different conversation but yeah but as you touched upon there though Paul it's a process it's a you know we're, we're coming from a pretty dark place and we're trying to get to some lighter times and you know um, I think we, we can see bit by bit what Sean Dice is trying to instill in the players. So, you know, don't make continuing onwards and upwards Evertonians. Yeah, yeah, do you think uh, like the, the, against the likes of Brighton, you're just going to have to ex- expect that they're going to have a lot of the ball. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The likes of them. And City as well, you know, you might as well bring a pack lunch and have something to eat and just hope that Everton win the ball back at some point because that's just what the, the possession-based teams and they're well-drilled in it and good, good managers and stuff. And we're coming out of the last two years of Dog shit football trying to survive and yeah, think it's, uh, you that's know, a good that's point. The only, that's the only thing we're moaning about. I think we're all right. That's a good yeah. point, actually, Andy, that you brought up because I just think a lot of the times people do forget. Like we were, we've been literally battling relegation for two years in a row. Like it's been horrific, and we've just been not the best side for probably ten plus years. Like do you know what I mean? So it's not like it's not like we've been prime. Manchester City like do you know what I mean so people have to I realize sometimes like this is going to happen and we have to just accept it as long as we're not getting our asses kicked like six nil you know like I just think it's 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 something that we have to just learn from take it and just move forward with it yeah um just one a couple of more things from last week not actually about the game just Sean Dice's tactics and his use of substitutions and that um what do you think the reluctance is of him not going to the bench? I think he's done an interview, said he doesn't really like making subs. Um, but I think Andy will probably agree, sitting in the stands there, you could see Jack Harrison was falling apart. Last 20 minutes, he ran himself into the ground. Um, I was saying to take him off and put Patterson on and put Ashley Young right wing and let them deal with Matoma. I actually thought Ashley Young done all right against Matoma and he's getting a lot of... A lot of shit off fans. I thought he'd done all right, but Matoma in the last 15, 10 minutes sort of come alive. And it, he's yeah. rapid him. He, he's, he's an old fashioned winger, him. He'll just he'll just hug the touchline and he, he'll just run you. And he, he did it in the end. And I think the two of them, Harrison and Young, between them, they just switched off for a second there. But it was, listen, it was a jammy goal. It was a jammy goal. We can, I can talk about a pick as much as you want. It, it was a 
just one of them weird freakish goals, wasn't it? But yeah, what do you make of his lack of substitutions? Yeah, I, I think you've you've made a good point there in the sense that I think the way that uh, the, I thought Harrison had a poor game with the ball, but his off the work ball was very good, and I think what they did do well was they passed Matoma onto each other well. So it wasn't always actually unpressing him. Sometimes it was Harrison. They communicated excellently about who was going to be pressing Matoma or whoever was backing up on that side, whether it be the full back, it was the line of first half, uh, Milner at times as well. Um, so I think his reluctance may have been because they were doing such a good job, you know, defending on that side as a team, that might have where his reluctance would have come from. But I thought, one, uh, they were looking tired. And two, I just thought a bit of fresh legs, a bit of fresh pace further up the pitch as well would have just helped us, like, when we were transitioning and get... Because we were getting... There was a period, you know, probably from 65 to 80 minutes where we were getting in behind them regularly... Um, and I just thought we perhaps maybe had a bit of fresh legs, a bit of fresh pace, whether that be, and I don't mean for Calvert Lewin, I mean either Dan Juma or even Beto to have come out on wide. Ask them to obviously be disciplined defensively, but you know, try and use their pace on the break. I, I'm with you, Paul. I thought, I thought most of us in the crowd could see that on Saturday. So it's, you know, the only, the reluctance maybe not to break up the partnership because they were defending so well might have been the reason. But I think, uh, I think we've, I think at the time, and also with hindsight, I think we can say that he got that one wrong. Yeah. Melinda, talk to me about a couple of players. Nathan Patterson and mm. Arnold Danjuma. I just, in my opinion, I just don't think Sean Dice is having any of them. Would you agree with that? Um, hmm. Like, pa- Patterson, yeah, absolutely. I I don't really know what's going on there. Um, I Like I had said in the in the preview pod I would have started Patterson personally over Young and in retrospect now I wish he did um but um we we move we live and we learn yeah I just I don't really know what's I mean we've seen it with prior managers in the past as well and I just sometimes think players just do not jive with certain managers I don't I don't know what it is you know we saw issues with Frank Lampard and uh, Decore um you know that was one that was quite prominent uh, but yeah, I just, I just don't know what, unless it's things that are verbally said in training or just their training styles or their managing styles. I just, just don't know because Patterson is a young lad and, you know, I think Andy, maybe it was you that said this on the last pod or maybe Jamie, I don't remember who, but it's, it's very difficult for him to develop, I think, as a player when he's just so inconsistent. Like, I just don't think it's, it's, it's fair. I think pulling him in, he, putting him out. He needs minutes, doesn't he? He needs minutes. Yeah. Like, I just don't think it's, I just don't, I don't think it's right. Um it will be interesting to see what he does when we play Palace because considering, you know, what, what had happened. I mean, and I, like I said before, I, I didn't watch the match. Like, I don't want to completely slate Ashley Young, but I have seen a lot of people online saying like, this is now his age catching up with him. They think, they think he looked very, very fatigued um, in the second half. I don't know if you lads want to comment on that, but really kind of what was leading up to that goal and what actually happened. I, you know, yeah, unfortunately, I, think he, I don't know. He played a full 90 against Burnley. And yeah, then he's being he's being asked to play the full game against. But I, I actually don't think he's done that bad. I really don't. I thought it was one of his thought, better games for us, to be honest. I thought he yeah. was actually all right. I mean, I think he's one of them at the moment with with Evertonians. It's oh, it's Ashley Young's fault because you know he's getting on and stuff like that. And he has he well, has that... he's had a topsy turvy time at Everton already. I think what we've what, how many games we played ten, eleven, something like that. It's it, it's been a bit up and down for him, hasn't it? But I actually thought last week. That he wasn't that bad. It's just I just thought that Matoma. He's just like I said before, he's rapid. 
And as they were tired, and he's not, he's getting better. Do you get what I mean? So they kept him quiet for a good 80 minutes, and then he suddenly came alive for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah. I, I don't know. It's tough to say really why he's making the decisions that he's making. We know that him making subs um, is an issue. And like you just brought up as well, he, he said he doesn't like to make subs. Maybe it's because he's just thinking, all right, we've got a one, we're one nil up. It's working. I don't want to mess with what's working. You know, like don't, don't mess with a good thing. Perhaps maybe that's his thinking. I, I don't know. But then again, if you're having players that are looking absolutely just tired as hell on that pitch, what do you expect is going to happen? It's it's going to fall apart eventually, isn't it? Yeah, I think the annoying part was that when we conceded, he made subs. So it was sort of like an, an admittance from him that, like, shit, I should have made that sub five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, So exactly. I think every, every, people in the crowd are going, well, what are you doing it now for? You know what I mean? It's just, it's too late. The horse that, is already it, bolted, basically. And that was also, that was not me having a go at Ashley Young. I don't mind Ashley Young as, as a player. Yeah. It was just, you know, going from what I had seen people saying. And you're right, maybe it's just Evertonian, just pissed off that we literally just blew a one nil lead right in the 80 whatever minutes it was like it, it, it's frustrating it's very frustrating um but yeah hopefully Deitch does learn from from that and hopefully he starts to recognize these signs in his players and sort of helps correct an issue before it becomes a goal yeah Andy in hindsight if we were to beat Fulham and Wolves at the beginning of the season we all know what happened there. Do you think Nathan Patterson, if Everton had more points on the board, Nathan Patterson would be starting more games for Everton? Uh, on his own performances, no. Um, well, as Melinda said there, he does need a consistent run to kind of, you know, he's a young lad. He's not had a lot of Premier League football, even though he's been with us for nearly two years now. But he did get a good run in the first, uh, the first few games of the season. Probably played the first five or six, I think. Maybe before Mikolenko came back in. Uh, no, I, I don't think it helped him because we didn't. A lot of those were where we didn't have the Brantwaite Tarkovsky partnership. Um, we didn't have a Jack Harrison in front of him. He had a, an out of position James Garner. He had a, a, a Michael Keane who was all over the place, which obviously hasn't, you know, would have all contributed to his poor form. But he did get a run. He didn't take it. There are obviously, like we've just been through there, mitigating factors. Um, and I think Ashley Young's. I, you know, I, I was critical of him uh, in certain games early on in the season, just how rash he was at times, whether it be with the ball at his feet or his tackling. Yeah. But I think he's he, I think he's actually done, I'm not saying he's amazing, but I think he's done all right the last few uh, last few games. I thought he was, like I said, I thought he had a good game Saturday. He was unlucky with the deflection. Um, so hopefully, you know, I'm not giving up on Nathan Patterson. I think there really is a good player in there. But at this moment in time, I think he just needs to just work work hard, learn, just learning the position of how to defend um, on the training field, make sure he's super fit. And then when he gets his opportunity again, just take it with both hands. Yeah, it begs the question, and we won't go into it, but it's just what's happened to Ben Godfrey. I mean, because he's, he's an option that could play there, and he's he's not even getting games for the under-21s. He's just vanished and just... Don't know. There's, there's link, he's linked with Tottenham and Chelsea and everything that I've seen this week. Well, yeah, I saw Rio, Rio Ferdinand was trying to get him, was talking him up in the papers the other day, trying to get him a move to Rangers. I think so. Um, yeah. Rio Ferdinand works for the maybe, agency. Maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs like a, a six-month loan to regular football in an easy, easier league just to get his confidence going again. Maybe, well, maybe that's what he needs. Do, do you think that he's maybe another player that's having issues with Deitch? Do you think it's a manager issue between him and the manager? Possibly, I yeah. I don't. I don't. Necessarily, I mean, his best position is uh, a centre half. 
he got given a chance, didn't he, against Doncaster, and he was terrible. Yeah, but fair. I think we, t- I th- we we talked about that uh, in a pod around that time, though. He's one of those where he's an athlete first and a footballer second. So yeah. he needs a run of games really to get yeah. that uh, that that sharpness. So I think I think you, again, uh, there's lots of things I like about Ben Godfrey. Um, you know, once he got over his uh, long COVID, I was hoping the start of last season he was going to you know kick on. He starts the first game of the season, and then of course breaks his leg and then he's never just he's just never had an opportunity since so I don't think we need to say you know he's completely done he's still he's still what 24 25 but maybe a, a six-month loan where he's going to play 20 games between January and the summer getting that consistency getting that rhythm and then make a decision on whether to bring him back in or look to move him on after then yeah definitely Melinda talking about we're talking about right backs we're talking about Patterson Ashley Young possibly Ben Godfrey, we've seen the return this week in the under-21s of our captain, our leader, Seamus Coleman. Oh, he, he did! He played 45 minutes against Manchester United last week and he completed just over an hour against Mansfield, which Yusha Chimichi scored his first goal for Everton as well in the same game. But He did, it was a penalty, wasn't it? Yeah. It, 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 it tells you something that Seamus Coleman, we're all still waiting, we're, we're all expecting a fully fit Seamus Coleman to just go straight back into the team, aren't we? He's massive yeah. for us, any Seamus. We all love him, don't we? Love him. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I can't tell you how much I love that man. Um, I was actually buzzing to see that he was playing with the under-21s. Any minutes that he can get in, and, you know, he's feeling good after that. Absolutely top. I just think that's absolutely boss for him. Um, he loves Everton Football Club so much, and I just know he wants to get back to to playing for us. But... As you know, we all know Deitch is doing the right thing. You know, he's, he's kind of easing him back into it, which is absolutely 100% the right thing to do. I respect it. As much as I really want him to come back and, you know, play in the first, you know, in, in the first team, it just, I don't think it's practical at the moment. I think we're all right with what we've got. Um, eventually he will get back there. I would love to, love to see nothing more than him on that team. She, you know, don't get me wrong, but I just, uh, I don't want to rush him because I don't want him to, to be injured again. So I think we're just doing the right thing. Absolutely. But yeah, absolutely wonderful to to see him uh, playing out there again in an Everton shirt. It was fantastic. Yeah, he says all the right things, doesn't he, Andy Seamus Coleman? I've seen the quotes from his interview this week, which I haven't wrote down, so I can't read out to people. But he's basically, <laughs> saying, <laughs> he's basically saying it's his family first and then Everton. It's just, he it just lives and breathes Everton, basically. Uh, Great man. He's just, you know, no 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 nonsense in him. There's not there's no nonsense about our Seamus Coleman. You don't see him in the in the headlines for anything bad than that. He's just he seems like a genuine fella and he's still got a lot to offer us on that as a right back as well, isn't he? We need we need him. He's uh he, I mean, as a as a human being, I think he's somebody who we all admire. As someone to lead your football club as a as a man. I don't think any you, you couldn't handpick anybody better than James Coleman. I, I absolutely adore the bloke. Um, in terms of what he can offer us with his football, obviously you do worry at his age coming back after another injury, um, but he's certainly earned the opportunity to see where he's at. And I think, again, we're just talking about what a great man he is. Dice pretty much said in his interview today, in terms of managing his recovery back from injury, Seamus Coleman's getting to choose that. He's the one who's saying, I'll do 45 minutes here, I'll do 65 minutes here, and I'll tell you when I'm fit, good to go again. Because, you know... One, because he, he trusts Seamus Coleman implicitly that whatever he tells him, he will tell him because it's the best thing for Everton Football Club, not the best thing for Seamus Coleman. So I think that's a, 
it's a wonderful trust that Dice can put into him. And, um, you know, how many 34-year-old captains are putting their hands up to play under 23 games, under 21 games, coming back from an injury? Not many. Um, I can tell you that well, for how, sure. How, so, good must that, how, much, how good that must that be for them young kids in the under-21s playing with James Coleman? Yeah, just getting unbelievable. His, just, get, just getting his input and just the way he goes about a match day and everything. You must be brilliant for them, wasn't it? Yeah, and even if you're like one of the, the younger senior players who so you're a use of Chimity who's like more involved with the first squad, you then see your, your 34-year-old captain turning up with that dedication, that desire, that will to play. It doesn't feel like, you know... It doesn't feel like a step down or a demotion. It feels like it's something important for your own personal development fitness. So it just spreads through, through throughout the whole thing. And, you know, um, it was a good result as well for the young lads because I don't think um, Mansfield have been beat this season, you know. And yeah. we've gone there and, and beat them 1-0. Um, you know, so that's that's a, it's a great effort from, from the young lads all around. And it's no surprise that, you know, Seamus Coleman... Um, as you just said, how good must it have been for those young lads to to have him there and um, give him that confidence going into that game? Yeah, well, I think we can we can all we're all presidents of the Seamus Coleman fan club. I think every Evertonian can say that. I don't think there's an Evertonian out there that doesn't like Seamus Coleman. If there is, I think uh, they're on smack or something. But um, yeah, well, <laughs> um, move on to another player who's who's been out a long term injury. Um, these comments this week, I watched this interview from with Andy Gray from Sean Dyche about Delhi Alley. We'll call him Delhi because he wants to be called Delhi. Uh, it, it filled me with loads of encouragement that he, he's involving Delhi in these conversations and he's basically saying he's keeping him in the loop. And that says to me that he's going to try and integrate him into the team when he is eventually fully fit. As you said, you touched on earlier, he... He spotted how Sean Dyche wants to play. He says it's similar to the way Mauricio Pochettino wanted him to play at Spurs. So, yeah, Andy, I'll, I'll come to you first. Deli Ali, is there a place for him in the seventh team? Well, I mean, if he's the if we've got a happy, healthy Deli Ali performing at seventy percent of the player he was three years ago, then there's a hundred percent place for for him in this team. Um, you know, it's been a while since. Obviously, the interview came out, um, but I still think we all feel it quite deep emotionally. Like you know, just thinking about his name and obviously what the lad's been through, and I think um, I think there's a lot of love for him from the Evertonians, and I think I think he's felt that, and I think he's got. I think he genuinely wants to like give something back to us as well. Um, so yeah, I just think you know managing right from this injury, getting fully fit, and I think you know. Um, I would love nothing more than him for him to like find find his way back into this team and become an integral part of it and stay with us for the next five six years, um, be part of a successful Delhi and a successful Everton together. Um, it does sound sorry to interrupt. It does sound like he's got the bit between his teeth though, if he's actually studying the way we're playing. So he he must be watching us from the standing going, well, I can I can fit in that in there. I can do this. I can do that. And he must be going yeah. back to the manager and saying, listen, if you play me. I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. Which is incredible. It means he's got his love, his passion back. And that's, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I think it was his mind that was broken. I don't think he, he'd mind me saying that as well. I don't think it was his body and yeah. his ability's always and been there, but it's his mind that was broken. And obviously, he's in a good place the, now. And yeah, I mean, the fact wants, he's been it. able to achieve so much with the emotional state his mind when shows that what, what an unbelievable talent he is. Uh, and as you've touched upon there, I think it's quite clear that for him to 
have that relationship with Dice and the way Dice referred to him, you can tell that they've got a good relationship. And the fact that, you know, Delhi feels comfortable going to, to Dice saying, I see this, this is how I think you're trying to explain it to the boys. And Dice goes, that's exactly it. And then lets Delhi go and tell the lads, you know, yeah. He must be he must be really well thought of and, and really in there at the moment. So, yeah, uh, I, I saw something in the paper the other day that we're trying to negotiate something with Tottenham about the the playing thing because maybe they're looking. I, I I don't know, but maybe they're looking at, you know, perhaps maybe even looking at giving Delhi a new contract. I imagine it'd be on severely reduced terms and incentive clauses and things like that. But letting him have a base where he can kind of like he knows that he can grow and like we still believe in him. Uh, obviously, depending on how he goes when he first comes back into the team. So, yeah, look, I think we still need, I still think in my head, just from a purely footballing point of view, whatever we get from Delhi, for me, is a bonus. Um, I'm not hanging anything on him, but I'd love for him to come back in and, and like I say, how good would it be for us to get to see the top version of, of, of Delhi, which, you know, playing for Everton Football Club, it would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Melinda, the reason I didn't come to you first for the opinions on Delhi was, I'll just remember back, do you remember you were getting a lot of shit on Twitter? Remember when you were saying oh, this yeah. is going to be a big season for Delhi? And it's just, I think it was mo- mo- mostly Spurs fans, weren't it? They just came for you and just gave you dogs abuse. I remember, and it was dogs abuse as well. Just like all la- laughing at you and stuff like that. But it would be great to see him come back. Just... For Delhi himself, but for you, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I mean, just just, just a big two fingers up to all and people who gave you shit on Twitter. It's just it was oh. ridiculous, wasn't it? I mean, the people, the amount of people at the time who wanted to see this lad fail. It's just, it's just yeah. uncalled for, isn't it? It was mad to me because um, it wasn't like I was I was calling him like you know he's gonna world get class the freaking yeah. like world class and gonna get the fucking golden boot and all this shit. Like I wasn't saying that like by any means. I was just saying like. I just want to see this player succeed. I've always known since day one that there's a player in there and there's other things going on. You said it perfectly, Paul. I, I, I think his mind was completely broken. The poor kid, like, you yeah. know, for him to come out and say what he said takes so much strength to do. And I will continue to, to, you know, have so much respect for him as just as a person, not even as a footballer, but as a, as a human being, because that is not easy to discuss in a public environment like that, your trauma, it's very, very difficult to do. Um, even with a, you know, one-on-one with a therapist, it, you know, it's still difficult to do, let alone a bloody interview. So I, I, that still sits very heavy on my chest um, that he was able to do that. So, yep, I, I stole back my tweet 100%. Oh, yeah, I had Spurs fans. I had bloody copites. Copites are always commenting. Like, no way. Like, why are you in my, why are you around my Twitter? Like, you're not invited. You're not a part of this. No one likes you. Go away. Thank you. Um, we sing the cop bites the gob shows for a reason, and it's not just because it rhymes. Yeah, like, do you just like to just get like? I don't get it. They're for weirdos, man. I can't. I just can't be asked. But anyway, yeah. So, um, just got it from all all angles. There was a West Ham fan in there, so I don't even know. I said the randomest people coming for me and going, "Are you well?" And then, of course, the women shouts come out, don't they? Because oh, it's a girl. Like. Yeah behave um but anyway it was, yeah. it was pretty it was pretty rough at the time wasn't it, it was I, remember, terrible. I remember because it, even i even i was coming in trying to, to rescue you and even i was like shit I'm get me out yeah that's too much yeah sos like like yeah. please send help like send the robin truth, hood please. coming for his maid marion but <laughs> no, it, was, it, was it was too much yeah it was just ridiculous it was just the things they were, they were coming out with it was just like 
they were happy just... to see him fail and it was just like it was embarrassing you know what I mean it was embarrassing well, that's my next point is the fact that people were, I couldn't even believe some of the words that people were calling Delhi. It was disgusting. Like the way that people speak online because they can hide behind the screen, like is just horrible. Um, and then he comes out with this interview and then everyone is like thinking he's the, he's, he's the greatest thing to gift the world of football. So it's like, People really need to just be careful of what they're saying when they really don't have the full picture and they don't know what's going on. You can sit there and tweet abuse all you want, but it like people see those things and words hurt. Like you really need to just take a little step back sometimes and be like, mm. you know, I know yes. we're all guilty. We're, we're all guilty of it, you know. And I hold my hands. I've said I, I've never said anything to bad people, about people. any players ever. I've never oh, said that. I've yeah, because you're like you're, you're a saint, Paul. You're a saint. <laughs> Uh, but, I, <laughs> but but in all honesty though like I still stand behind what I tweeted I still have the utmost respect for Delhi. I always have always will because I do think that there is a player still in there he just needs to I think he's still over well, talk about, some, talk about um, the player then sorry the player if we can get him back to even yeah 50% of what he was then absolutely like we and, and we're lucky to to have him and I think I've seen some tweets as well because I know that there's something to do with his loan is it the number of minutes that he plays or something? I think if we he plays to... seven more games, we have to pay Spurs another £10 million. Something that's like that. it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's also... I think Everton are trying to renegotiate that though. Yes, that was what I was Yeah, going to say. Is I, I'd seen a tweet, I think it was earlier last week, about one, them wanting to renegotiate. So that's also a positive that Deitch is seeing something there, isn't he? And, and he wants to try and integrate him into the squad. I think that would be brilliant. Because I think, you know, he's still not completely out the woods. He, he's he's getting there. Um but I think he's still battling himself a little bit mentally. But um, no, I, I I would absolutely if we can even get fifty percent of a player that we you know the player he used to be at Spurs. Oh my God, we're we're yeah, we're but, in for yeah. uh, he he would be a great addition to to our squad, but, and I think he would get right into that squad personally. Andy, well, yeah, I agree with you, Andy. Let's enter the psyche of Sean Dyche for a moment when he was Burnley manager. Now, two thousand sixteen seventeen could be getting me me years wrong. Delhi Ali was like the hottest property young player. Uh, everybody yeah. was talking about him. He said, this lad will end up at Real Madrid. Sean Dyche has probably looked at it when he's been managing Burnley and thought, oh God, I'd love to manage him. Mm. And he's actually, he's got a chance now of a fully rege- rejuvenated Deli Alley with a bit between his teeth, ready to go again. Ready to prove everyone wrong. He's only 25, 26. To... So, he, he must be absolutely thrilled, mustn't he? Sean Dyche thinking... Because obviously he's having conversations with Delhi and he's saying, I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to give absolutely everything I can for this team. And it's like Christmas for them. It must be, mustn't it? Yeah, any, I can't imagine any any manager wouldn't be excited at the prospect of having a fully fit Calvert-Lewin, Delhi Alley at 26 years of age apiece. Should be entering the three, four years prime of their career. Yeah. I mean, that that's just, you know... If they're at the peak and if they're at their fully fit, that's a you know, a partnership. And especially, yeah, and not only are they technically very good, like because again, but Sean Dyche like he does like to play percentage times, getting crosses into the box. Calvert Lewin and Deli Alley, they can do. There's nothing that they can't do in terms of what style of football you want to play. So um, yeah, like I say, I, I'm not banking on um, you know. At the end of the day, it has been three years since he's. He performed at the top top level. Um, Got a bad injury as to well, the best you know. of his ability. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but as you know, as we we, we mentioned on the show, and we've mentioned before about you know 
how Dice looks after Calvert-Lewin getting him back to full fitness. When we do see Deli Alley, it's because he's he's going to be like you know pulling at the leash, straining to be let go and and show what he can do. You're not going to be getting a Deli Alley who's you know eighty percent of the way there. So when we do see him, we know that we're going to be seeing somebody who's you know right at the top of his. Obviously not match fitness, but at the top of his fitness. Uh, so yeah, like I say, it could be something that's really, really exciting. But you know, we'll just see see what comes out in wash, as they say. Yeah, Melinda, imagine uh, Delhi's first goal for Everton, and it's a winning goal. Imagine that one. Be good, that wouldn't it? God, I mean, I think the whole football goal. world is probably behind him. Yeah. I mean, I think even the most hardened supporter who hates everyone, like yeah. me, is a uh, <laughs> wants yeah. people like that to do well. You know what I mean? It's just it. It's just you know he should what he's gone through is just like just hell basically. Yeah. So if he's to see him come back and even just even have a handful of good games again and score a few goals, it it'd just be great to see one just for the lad himself. Oh, oh my gosh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think it would be um such an amazing story to just you know just if you go back and just look at his whole career over just like you know his his lifespan like if he was able to to overcome all of that and to be the player that he used to be, I think that would be, that would be unreal. <laughs> yeah. That's what he comes back anyway. I mean, I think it's all up in the air with Tottenham. And we all know that Daniel Levy is notoriously hard to negotiate with, but surely he hasn't got a swing and brick for a heart. Surely he can renegotiate some sort of deal with Everton to uh, get this lad back on the street again. But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, one last player I want to touch on before we move on to other stuff is Abdullah Dekore. Just a quick one on him. He has declared himself well. He doesn't. He won't. Will not be going to the African Cup of Nations with Mali. He wants to focus on playing for Everton. I mean, that's a commitment. That ain't it. We can't knock that, can we? I mean, that's all you want to see from your players, isn't it? Great. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Um, I'm not sure the people of Mali will be as happy as we are, but I think yeah. I, I I know that as well. When he did. He played for them a couple of times. I think I, I remember probably back in June, actually, might even be before then. I read an article that uh, he was he did not like it at all in terms of like how unorganized it was, how unprofessional it all was, like the traveling to the games and all that kind of stuff. And I think I think that put him off a little bit. Uh, and then plus now, I think obviously you can see how much he enjoys playing for. Everton Football Club and I think you put those two things together and yeah it's only good news for us um, you know we don't he's been a big big player for us the last 12 months and we don't have the biggest of squads so yeah it's good news for us that he's going to be uh, staying with us through through those four weeks Yeah he's obviously just signed a new contract and, um, as well he seems to be really happy doesn't he Melinda I think he, he loves working under Sean Dykes as well I think he, he's actually come out and said that he's, he's the manager who's got the best out of him of any yeah. manager he's ever played for, so it's great to see. I mean, you know, someone who's it's 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 one less headache, isn't it, for us to worry about in January? We don't have to lose to Corey. He was a massive part of this team, and I'll throw Deli Ali. I mean, I think him and Deli Ali are vying for the same position in the team. A fully fit Deli Ali and to Corey will be in competition with each other, and that's that's good to see as well, isn't it? But to Corey staying, it's good news for us. Basically, what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was going to bring up as well the the contract, which yeah, I think I think he's really loving being a part of this team now. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, I mentioned funny enough mentioned earlier about him and Lampard obviously not jiving, um, but it's just good to see that he's now fully able to be the player that you know I feel like he's wanted to be 
when he hasn't really been present, unfortunately, and then he can grow on that. But uh, no, it's 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 fantastic news. The, the fact that he's putting Everton as his top priority, um, as a, I'm sure you know, you guys would probably agree, like as a supporter of this club, um, how difficult we have had it um, as of late. It is nice to see, you know, a player now coming out and saying, you know, I'm putting you, this is this is my priority and fighting for us and wanting us to continue to to climb that table. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, nice one to Cordy. Um just a bit of news on the Triple Seven partners. Uh it's come out this week that David Dean, the former Arsenal owner and chairman, is now a part of the Triple Seven Partners. Now for me, growing in the nineties, David Dean and Arsene Wenger changed the Premier League for the better. They revolutionized the Premier League, but especially Arsenal. Arsenal Oh, all their success, in my opinion, to David Dean and Arsene Wenger started the ball rolling. So it just gave them a little bit of credibility for me, Andy. I don't know whether you'd agree with that. I mean, I hear David Dean's name mentioned, and I think, oh, well, yeah, they're legit. Would you agree with that one? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, what you've just said there is kind of how I would sum it up in terms of he was the first person that really went out and got a foreign manager with completely different beliefs in terms of attitude to diet, training, the way that um, football's played over here. Um, you know, Arsene Wenger was managing Grand Pass 8 in yeah. Japan at the time. Everyone was like, what is going on here? Um, and then a few years later, they had players like Thierry Henry, Nicolas Anelka, Patrick Vieira, completely changed the way that football was played uh, in this country. And, you know, something that, you know, for the next generation behind us, Paul, it's to them that's what normal football is. But it certainly yeah, before, wasn't at that period. Before Wenger, so. before Wenger, they were still going out and getting pissed every other night, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, especially Arsenal, very famously, they had the Tuesday club. Um, <laughs> you know, Paul Merson, Ray Parler, Tony Adams, and yeah, they they played hard and. And I mean, to be fair, Everton had a very similar ethos uh, on, on, in the eighties under Howard Kendall. Like there was yep. a big belief, you know. Peter Reid talks about, you know, if you can go out and get drunk together and enjoy times off the pitch together, it it forms bonds on the pitch. But obviously, the way that modern football and modern athletes are, you, you can't be that way. And um, you know, David Dean, he's he's somebody who's got uh, an awful lot of pull and sway at the Premier League and the FA as well. Hugely respected throughout the game. Um, my only slight concern would be he's, he's eighty years old. Like, you know, what is his motivation for being with 777? Is it because he's still got a, a hanger in to see, you know, have a, a hand in and make a sleeping giant like Everton successful? Or is it is it financially motivated? Um, and that, you know, that'll only come out in the wash. Um, but yeah, he's, um, he, he's somebody whose, you know, reputation within the game is pretty much as, as high as it gets. Yeah. Just uh, touching on Triple Seven Partners, Melinda, I don't know if I've got your opinion. You know, we obviously see different stuff coming out on Twitter all, all the time about how these are not the right people to be buying Everton. Is it something that worries you or are you just willing to go along for the ride and let's just see what happens? Um, well, I think, oh, we said this probably before, like ultimately at the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to ha- They're going to have to do what they're going to have to do, aren't they? Yeah. As, as a club to in order to survive um you know it's no secret that it's been spoke about you know recently um quite a bit about um issues that we're having with you know the 
um, is it the FA and, and how they're investigating us about, you know, costs and, and FFP things like that. And and FFP, yeah, 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 yeah. And Premier yeah. League, sorry. Um, and just, yeah, just, I just feel like, you know, the club's really going to have to be quite smart and strategic about this. And um, if we've only got one potential, you know, invest investment group that's 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 willing to sort of take us on i mean it's 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 almost like you're never really going to know like we're not financial experts we've always said that but if this is the only choice that we have in order to continue to you know survive like i don't think we really have a choice but um yeah it's difficult i i don't think i know enough about it to to comment on them um but what i have seen in red it's not great but it's also then again like are people just amplifying yeah. things that are really not that bad i'm sure there's there's not so good things in a lot of investment groups like i'm sure it's all a bit dodgy or it has been at some point um but yeah i just think if this is where the club is going with it then you know they've got experts there that will be running checks and and do what they need to do to make sure that it's something that is it just something that we're gonna have to do to get ourselves out of what we're in i i, I don't know but yeah, I think as Evertonians, happens, I think. Yeah, as Evertonians, we go to the worst case scenario, don't we? Straight away. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's just it's just in it. It's our default setting is to think that the the worst is going to happen. Um, what what what, what fills me with confidence is is that they are actually showing up to games. You see that Josh Wonder, you see him at yeah. the cap on. He's constantly there. Um, he's obviously. Got I can't believe he had the goal to the goal to celebrate a goal against Burnley though that was outrageous imagine that going to watch a team you're about to spend 600 million pounds and only celebrated a goal Madness. yeah I don't know sit down shut up yeah <laughs> but yeah obviously we'll wait and see as you say we're not financial experts and to be honest with you me personally it's not something I'll I can allow myself my head to fall off over yet it's just it's not something that I'm completely interested in as long as they come in and save us and give us a little bit of money and we get to this new stadium in one piece That'll do for yeah. me. But I think as, I think as long as yeah. I think I think yeah. as long as we're you know su- sustained, like if if we're able to just continue to 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 stay afloat, I think that's that's fine. A lot of people I think online do get themselves in a bit of a tizzy about stuff like this. And at the end of the day, you have to have to remember that like we're not the owners of the football club. You know, like we we love this club and we have and since the day we were born and we will until the day we die. Um, but if we can just continue to show up and support that team and, you know, back those lads and we continue to sit in the premier league and we climb that table, I think that's all, all we can really do. So at the end of the day, there's only so much say and input that, that we're going to have on, on things like this. Yeah. I think it's okay to question the starting 11 and new signings and stuff like that. That sort of like, they're, they're the things that you can sort of control as a football fan, but when it comes to finances and stuff, I think it's just, Leave it to the experts. That's the way. I know they haven't done a good job at Everton. Like I'm, I'm fully aware of that. I know they've pissed it up the wall, but at some point, it's, it's they've got to get it right. Surely, haven't they? You've got yeah, to get yeah, it right. and 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 everyone can have you know their own, own opinion. And my hat goes off to people who do sit there and spend yeah, yeah. hours Same, like reading yeah. through things like this because, you know, I am very smart in certain things, but things like this, I'm like it's over my head, you know. And I have tried to sit down and go, what the heck is going on here? And you know, I understand the basics of of it, but. Yeah, it's just, it, it is difficult because I think sometimes you can get yourself down a bit of a rabbit hole and then realize, okay, I don't like this or, you know, this is, I'm not vibing with this, but, you know, there's only so much power I think that we have over certain things. Yeah, if you're overanalyze stuff, you can talk yourself out of it, can't you? Yeah. You know what I mean, it's just like, 
it's too much. But we'll have to wait again. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But I've just mentioned the new stadium before. I mean, the the pitches that are coming out of that at the moment are just fantastic, aren't they? They're just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's still hard for me to to sort of like get me head around the fact that I won't be going to Goodison anymore, but. It does look special. Like filled in the questionnaire the other week about where you'd like to sit, and that's really what just a bit of a wanted to ask you. Um, have you had any thought about where you would like to sit in any stadium? Because it was one of the first questions on the questionnaire, and it gave you like a map of East Stand, South Stand, North Stand. The South Stand, I think, will be the big blue wall like Dortmund have got, which I think is yeah. where everybody will want to sit. But me personally, I want to sit the equivalent of where I am now. Which is the paddock, so reasonably high up but lower, if that makes sense. But on the side, I like watching the match from the side, me personally. So yeah, I'll come to you, Melinda. First, have you have you given any thought where you'd like to sit? Would you like to sit in that big blue wall and be a part of the pandemonium that's going to go on every week there, or would you like to? Yeah, just give us your thoughts on where you'd like to sit. I mean, it's it's becoming a reality now. These are the things that we're going to have to think about. Um, you know what? To be honest with you, I actually have not given it thought of where I'd like to sit um I'm just hopeful that I'll be able to get a season ticket first of all (laughs) I just hopefully I can get one um and then I will definitely get a ticket there's more chance of you getting a ticket yeah I know I know know. but there will be more chance for you to get I mean they're like rocking on shit at the moment trying to get a ticket and people you will actually get a ticket so yeah, but I would, I would, I would love to have a season ticket. Um, so that's the big hope. But you know, you know, to be honest with you, like I just think because I, I don't have one, and I haven't really thought about okay, where would I like to sit? I think it would just be nice if you know, in a way, if I don't have one, I, I could just try and get a ticket in every part of the. Right, out. Yeah. Yeah, just give it, give it a whirl. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, have you have you given any thoughts um about where you would like you to sit? Mostly? Yeah. But I mean, I had a season ticket for four years in the main stand, and then four years in the lower Gladys. And I preferred I preferred the view from the main stand, but obviously the atmosphere from the lower Gladys. Um, and I'm five years into my waiting list now, so <clears throat> hopefully, if I get one. But for me, I'll probably just like the lads that I normally go with. I'll just get it like you know when I do uh, come off the waiting list, I get a ticket where they sit. To be honest, rather than. Because that's for me, that's the experience. It's going with your mates and enjoying yeah. the football. Wherever I am, I'll enjoy it. But I'll 100% need to be in that 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 really steep blue wall stand at least once. No, yeah, that, that's yeah, an absolute we'll fact. I think we'll all Definitely. have to experience that, wouldn't we? Not that was just, I've seen Dortmund's one the other when Harry Kane scored that after the them, funnily enough, and it, it just looked amazing. And I don't know if anyone knows, I've been to the Tottenham Hotspur new stadium. And, uh, oh no way! Have you? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't like know a that. Big, like a big wall as well, and it's uh, you know as a player, you must be so intimidating just to look up at this big steep wall of blue. I know professional footballers should be able to put up with that sort of pressure, but someone like Michael Keane will just shit his undies at the sight of that, wouldn't he? You know what I mean? So can't go we, on podcast without talking. We about made Michael it about an hour and a half. We did all right. I, I was literally like it before, but yeah. I had my bets on like like twenty seven minutes in. I thought <laughs> I was gonna. I thought he was gonna come up, but uh, oh, yeah. he held out there for quite a uh, quite a while. Paul, well done. <laughs> tried my best. I, t- I did try my best. But uh, the thing that think about the new stadium that I'm excited about is all the stuff that they'll have going on before and after the game. And I think there was news came out yesterday that there might be a, a new tram line going into Liverpool, which is exciting for the people of Liverpool. By the way, not just Evertonians that would connect the rest of the city to the stadium. So. You're just going to see that 
evolved so much that area that it needs it. it, it there was yeah. absolutely nothing there. So it's I exciting it, and uh, it, you can start be, to dream about it now. It would be quite smart for like, just because we obviously know that it's going to be hosting quite a lot of events, isn't it? I think it's already been talked about. Is it Eurovision? Yeah. It's been, yeah. It's, like, it's, Bill Kenwright wants to do Paul McCartney to open it. So that could be a possibility. So you know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to attract a lot. So I do think they do, you know, they're going to have to start thinking about transport to and from. So yeah. I do think definitely a tram line is a very is a very smart uh, thing to do because even when you know my my family was over uh, almost around this time last year and you just you have to drive you have to drive to it like you know what I mean like it's it's quite a you know yeah, it's out the way in it it's out the way quite out the way not... yeah, yeah yes and no like you know but I think the easiest really w- would be to drive so um, yeah I definitely think they need to start thinking about what's the easiest way to get people to and from this because if it's going to be a bit of a ball eight people will go can't be asked I'll, I'll, I'll probably just take i'll probably just take the yacht to be honest but you can drive if you want me yeah. I'll, I'll, okay I'll... okay mr Moneybags. Love is, that that what, for you. Is, that, is that what we're calling pedalos these days <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a canoe aka a kayak it's a yacht I just, oh. I just lean out the back, you know, one of those little hand fans and just pop it in water and see, yeah, it's, it's, it's all right, mate. And his Monterex kayak. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we've seen lots of those. We're yeah, well, like, going uh, up yeah. to Mersey. <laughs> can't wait to sit in the uh, Paddy Blues podcast south stands. That's what we're going to call it if we carry on. And just, yeah. Like, going the way we're going. We'll have a new stand named after us anyway. But now we have actually got a game to play on Saturday. Crystal Palace away. It's always a bit of a difficult place for Everton to go. Um, I think we've done really well against them at home lately. Sort of wiped the floor with them, haven't we? Well, last season we did anyway, didn't we? And the season before. Yeah. yeah. The season before, that was the one we stayed at, wasn't it? Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 3-2, of course it was. Yeah, but 3-0 last season, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Away from over top was Calvert-Lewin's return last season when we drew 0-0. Um, yeah, just give us your thoughts on Palace away, Andy. Yeah, I, I think, as you touched upon, I think you might have actually before we came on air, um, or they might be when we're talking about Mikolenko. They have got a few injuries at the moment. Some of their better players aren't available at Crystal Palace. Uh, and, you know, with our upturning form on the road at the moment, particularly in London, um, the fact that we have dropped points at home, that we kind of need to claw back. We're confident. I think we should be going there looking to take all three points, that's for sure. Uh, and I think we will. I'm I feel confident. Um, I feel confident in the team. Uh, if Anana's fit, I'd bring him back in for Ghana. Even though Ghana, like I say, I thought he did have a good game against Brighton. But as you quite rightly said, Paul, sometimes you know, I think it stood out what we were missing with Anana not being there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd uh, I'd go there. Um, go for the win. Crystal Palace, they don't give much away. They do play pretty tight. I would expect us to have, certainly, I think it'll be a game, probably, you know, 55-45 possession-wise either way. Um, but the extra quality we've got, I'm going to go for us to win 2-1. Obviously, you're doing a prediction, yeah? 2-1. Yeah, Remember, I think you're still there. No I think you're still there. You just about see your face in the dark there. I think you see yeah, it looks, but, uh... it looks proper moody in your flat at the moment, mate. <laughs> yeah, I should well, probably get up and turn a light on, but it's like literally um, not even five o'clock and it's like almost pitch black in Manchester yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> just going to ask you, we are a team that seems set up to play better away from home than we are at home, which is something that we're going to have to fix going forward. But 
I am more confident of Everton away than I am Everton home. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think looking at, you know, our past fixtures and, you know, the way we have been performing, I do feel like now in a way, looking back, I think the players really have had something to prove. Um, And I appreciate that. Like, as a fan, I'm like, yep, go and get, go, go away and get those points. I mean, the home form, absolutely, Paul, I completely agree. It, need, it needs work, but um, I am quite confident that that will be Palace. Yeah. Okay. So there is doubt over Brown tweet, um, Onana and Decore. I think one of them's sick. I think Decore's been sick this this week. Yeah. Uh, but they are actually training. So it's Thursday now. At the time of this recording, you would imagine they will all be fit to play Saturday. So Melinda, everybody's fit, mm. apart from Seamus Coleman and Deli Ali. Obviously, would you make any changes? Would Onana come straight back in for you for Ghana Gay? And would Nathan Patterson start or Ashley Young? Um, I would keep the same lineup that I picked against uh, Brighton. I would I would put Patterson in personally. Okay, one hundred percent. And Onana, absolutely, he would stay in for me. Okay, and Andy's done a prediction. So, are you going to follow suit? Are you going to do a prediction this week? You know what? I didn't do one against Brighton. And we got a draw, so I feel like I won't do one in hopes that we will get a win. And if we do get a win, then no more predictions for me because clearly I think I agree with Jamie. I think maybe it's a bad omen. <laughs> but, yeah. but you know what? It, it, I don't think doing predictions harms. I just think I th- I think we will win. I just won't put a I won't I won't put a value on it. Yeah, I'm not going to do a prediction either. Yeah. And I would um I would start Nathan Patterson this week. And it's I would just bring Onana straight back in for Garnegay, who I'll stick by. I thought Garnegay had a really good game last week, but we need. Yeah, but he's but ball I th- playing midfielder, and he's not a ball playing midfielder. So no, we 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 need we need Onana. We need his we need his strength, and I think just his presence on on that pitch. He's he's kind of becoming a little bit of a leader for me in a way. Um, funny enough, um, I I know he has that way with the fans, you know, and sometimes it does wind people up, you know, him being like a cheerleader and things like that. But he's always stuck stuck to his guns, and he always uses this hashtag "make them shut up" or something like on Instagram. He always uses that hashtag, and I'm just like, keep going, lad, keep going. Like we're we're behind you. So yeah, he yeah. slots right back in for me, 100. percent Yeah, sounds well. Just one thing before we go, and I um, want to give a little bit of a shout out to someone who listens to all of our shows. She's actually been listening to them since from from the very start. She started, I think she started last week. She started from episode one. I think she's on like episode 60 or something now, and it's uh, Bailey. Uh, I know she's going through a bit of a bad time mentally at the moment and I just we just like to say, you know, thank you for your support and you know, don't suffer in silence and you're not the only one who's going through it at the moment. I've noticed online at the moment there's a lot of people who seem to be struggling with mental health and those on the Paddock Blues. That's I think that's the one thing that we're all behind more than anything else is mental health. And it's okay not to be okay. And if you're feeling down, you just just allow yourself to feel down. It'll get better eventually and just keep plugging away. So yeah, I just like yeah, I can to say, that, say... Really. Yeah, like don't don't let idiots on the internet affect you. You know who yeah. you are. The people who love you know who you are. And you know, as Paul just said, there we are very big advocates of mental health. Like I'm sure Paul doesn't mind me sharing this with you, but we send each other a message probably once a week, just saying how are you, lads. Yeah, just yeah. to say, just to give each other a chance to talk. Sometimes we take it, sometimes we don't. But just knowing that 
I could talk to Paul if I needed to. Paul could talk to me if he needed to. A lot of the time, that's just enough. So I've been going through a bit of a shit time the last couple of weeks myself, just personal stuff and family stuff and grief and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, it just, it just gets on top of you sometimes. So it's, you know, sometimes you don't you don't really want to read. It doesn't make you feel any better when you read what other people are going through because you you only know what you're going through. But it it does. Just let just to let people know that you're not the only one who's who's going through it. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say, and it will get better. Yeah. So, Melinda, do you want to yeah, say? Stay anything? strong, kid. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, I had actually tweeted something the other day, and a lot of people had commented, say saying they feel the same way. And sometimes, like, you know, the with the darker weather, and you know, personally, like I struggle with that a lot. Um, I'm a lover of the sunshine. Um, I don't mind rain, you know, I, lo- I love a good little rainy day, but when it's all the time, it does start to, I think, take its toll on you. And when you work inside four walls of a hospital, sometimes you don't really see windows too often and you go into work and it's pitch black and you leave work and it's pitch black and you're just thinking, what in the world am I doing here? You know, it's just like, as Jay would say, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, you know, not necessarily, you know, if you're not feeling like yourself, you don't feel like yourself. There's no reason you don't need to, what I'm trying to say is you don't need to have a reason to not feel okay. Sometimes you just don't feel okay. And that's, and that's totally valid. Mm-hmm. Um, just reach out to people. Don't ever think you're a bother because I promise you people would rather hear from you. They would rather hear your concerns. They'd rather you speak about things and you keep it inside and bottle it up and um, just feel even worse. So yeah, just, it's really good if you've got a nice strong network around you. Um, always just reach out to people. Uh, people really do just want to just want to listen to you. So yeah, don't ever think you're alone. Um, I was in the paddock blues here, very well versed in, uh, in mental health. <laughs> Aren't yes. we lads? Um, and we're, we're really a big, we're a big advocate for, um, you know, just, just, just talking, just talk. You don't have to talk about anything particular, just just to have a conversation about anything, just, you know, just so you're having that kind of human interaction with other people. It really does make a huge difference. You know, I'll be honest, sometimes if my head is not in the right place and, you know, we're going to do a podcast and I'm just thinking, I'm so sad. I'm, I'm down. I have no energy. I just want to sleep. And, you know, I don't feel like eating and things like that. You just, you just get into this hole sometimes that I come on this podcast with these amazing lads and I, I feel so much better afterwards, you know, even if before we do a pod, we, we just talk about, you know, how's it been, how, you know, and if it's not been so great, you know, they listen to me and, you know, they help me through certain things, but just a big thank you to you guys as well, because yeah, we're all, we're all going through it. So to everyone listening, you guys really aren't alone. You're not alone. I think a lot of us are feeling really off balance at the moment and um, yeah, just, just talk to your people talk to your people no no big thank you to you as well you help us through it along me me and you speak privately as well and you you know you help me through stuff as well so of course um fully support that thank you and hopefully Evan can start to make us feel a lot better every week that'd be nice wouldn't it i mean it does it can change change your whole mood can't it whenever whenever win a game of football it it, it can't set you up for the whole week like definitely no i was just laughing there because it's just it's so dark in my flat and i'm wearing this adidas like reflective top and that's literally all you can see in this video yeah. <laughs> sorry guys i should put a light on i will don't look at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, thanks for getting on with us and um that's it up the toffees up the toffees up the toffees sports social podcast network <laughs>